Hello, I'm Paul Fletcher and I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Achieve More Scotland and this is our second podcast. Uh, I'm Ahmed, I'm the Youth Development Officer. Hi, I'm Kevin and I'm a youth worker here at Achieve More Scotland. My job is to help kids um, under five years and help them um, make better lives. Well done Kev, that only took three attempts. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we're just going to have a chat. Yeah, we've sure. got, we're going to chat about a few different issues um, from residentials and European trips uh, to more serious issues like child poverty and then the t- a subject the two of you guys will know quite well of growing up with the charity itself and what's happened over the years and then if we've got time we can also speak about activity guidelines and racism in sports so basically we're going to talk about everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Let's start with residentials. Let's speak a little bit about residentials. Um, we've all been on them. Yeah. We've all, you and myself, have been on them as workers. Um, Kevin, you've been on it as a young person. And this summer you'll be spending four weeks in Madrid um, as part of a European exchange. So are you looking forward to it? And how are you preparing for it? And what are you, what are you excited about? Yeah, uh, like you said, um, I'm going on a trip to a residential and. Um, I'm looking forward to it definitely. I went to France four years ago, um, which again my first time uh, going abroad. Um, I've achieved more. And it was a great experience working with uh, different, you know, young people and you know different culture, different experience. You know, being in a different city, um, so it was great. Um, I enjoyed my time there and helping decorate a community. Um, so it was good in those terms. Um, this one's going to be different, you know, it's in Spain, Madrid. Um, so it's going to be a total different experience, but an experience that I'm looking forward to. And um, hopefully I can, I can get the best out of it. And, you know, like, like I was talking about, you know, culture, experience, being in a different country, weather. Um, so it'll be good language as well. So it'll be a good one. No, it'd be great. It'd be great. I've been over a few times to see the partners and the guys that went over last year, James, Kelsey, Carly, Ben and um, Chloe. Uh, oh, I absolutely loved it. And uh, they're all bugging me to go back again, so I'm sure you'll love it. it was, I was actually just laughing there in the back of my head because I was thinking back to... Um, I was thinking back to when we took the group to France and how uh, you pretended you could speak fluent French so you could come on the trip. <laughs> um, remember that one? Oh, remember that? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> a whole paragraph in French and he goes, yeah, I was just kind of a small answer in English. Yeah. Oh, legend. No, no, but it is, it's an amazing experience and we'll be receiving a group this year from Spain as well. So we'll have a group from Spain, all going with a group from Germany um, oh, yeah. and potentially some more volunteers from... <coughs> Some, potentially some more volunteers from Sweden as well and it'll be great it'll be great they'll be volunteering at camps yeah. for the full month and yeah no, it's, a, it's a fantastic experience I do worry what will happen with, with Brexit going forward but we have the guaranteed projects for this year Yeah, uh, you get to experience it we have the guys coming and we're sending other groups as well yeah. to Portugal to hopefully Russia as well Germany, yeah. and Germany um, so no, that'd be absolutely brilliant. What about you, Amit? What about your experiences? Because you've been, you've been all over recently. You've been in Germany quite a few times. 
Not like like for me, like I think as a youth worker or a staff member on a residential, it's kind of the easiest gig you can ever get. Like, like it, it, it's kind of like a, a whole different thing where you can challenge yourself out of, like 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 out of the office or out of your kind of environment. So like I've been in a few where it's where you are like kind of like where you are like either canoeing, kayaking, like abseiling kind of stuff, kind of like a. A whole new kind of like, challenge for yourself, but also like I've been on ones that, like about mental health or about kind of equality. It's kind of a, a whole different kind of kind of a range of a challenge. I would say, yeah. How do they compare? I mean, I always compare ones that you do in the UK to ones that you do abroad. Oh, yeah. and how different they are? Yeah, like, <laughs> like uh, I've been to like um, France, Germany, and then France again uh, last year. Uh, yeah, there are a lot chiller. Kind of the whole kind of learning a new culture, trying out new foods, and just the whole kind of idea of actually like being being somewhere else is phenomenal. I'd say, yeah. yeah, definitely. No, no, I mean for me, I mean as a worker, I mean I've been lucky enough. I've had groups go to France and Vietnam, and you guys, you guys were part of the group that came to France with me the first time we took a group away in the Erasmus Plus project, and uh, that was as much a learning experience for me as it was for you guys, oh, um, especially when the. Um, the workers there didn't understand that they didn't understand Glasgow banter, <laughs> and they thought that I was bullying you because we slag each other, Sorry. and uh, they pulled us all into the group. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that was still at the time Kevin was pretending he could speak French and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been quiet, Brendan. Come He's been on, quiet, Kevin. man. Yeah, yeah. He's shy yeah. on the camera here. He's shy. No, no, but I mean, I think everybody would agree it's a great experience for a young person to go on, whether it's within the UK um, or it's across a European one. And I I think we've stumbled on something that works quite well where you get the opportunity to try one within the UK. And if you're ready for that next step, you can go as part of a smaller group on a two week exchange. And then following on from that, there's the opportunity to go for a month. And then later this year, we'll be sending volunteers away for 10 months or a year through European Voluntary Service or now mm. Solidarity Corps and that is a, I never did it myself, I've travelled a lot but I've never done um, one of these experiences and I'd always say that I, I actually look back and I wish I had done one of these things yeah. um, but no it's I think it's a fantastic thing for young people no? Mm. Perfect, no. you're kind of quiet today <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good <laughs> no so I think something that might actually get us talking and flowing a wee bit better is what are your guys' experiences of being involved with the charity? I mean, you've been involved for the best part of seven, eight years, six, seven, eight years, and you're probably not far off. Yeah, four or five. Four or five years at least, and you've seen it from every angle. You've been a young person participating in sessions, playing Friday night football. You've been a volunteer. You've been a a sessional coach, and now you're full-time members of staff. You've seen it from every single angle. I mean, you can say better than I can. I've grown up with the charity as well. I've gone from a youth worker to um, one of only three members of full-time staff. And then I've been here and I've seen all the growth and all you guys coming in and all the younger members of staff. But my viewpoint's quite different because you've seen it from being a participant through. What would you guys? Yeah, I would, you know, looking back from when I first started, um, I remember getting a call from one of my cousins who, who was playing Kingsway and um, he told me oh come to the Friday night league um, this was like 
yeah, like you said, six, seven years ago. And um, you know, I came along one day and you know, just to see everyone, you know, playing football and stuff like that and you know, it was so free and you know, you could come along and, you know, enjoy yourself and, you know, play against each schemes and stuff like that. Um I thought that, you know, it was good and, you know, I continued to come along and play more games and um after that I think you know getting into A and achieve more um was purely through Robert. You know, there was um I think there was a Scotland game versus I think it was Georgia and they needed volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um it was at Ibrox actually Ibrox Stadium and um I came along and uh, we helped with the I think it's like the Fan zone. Yeah, fan, fan zone. zone. Remember. So we've done the fan zone, just setting up and you know helping the SFA and stuff like that, and getting kids to do like kind of fun stuff before yep. they go into the game and stuff like that, and uh, which was a good experience, something I never done before. Um, just that's when you're starting to get involved in with like coaching and you know responsibilities and stuff like that, and um, from then on done well and you know when I came then to meet you and yep. you know everything kicked on from there you know from there to doing um, you know training courses and stuff like that try to get different uh, qualifications um, which obviously you need you know especially a job like this youth work working with young people it's important that you have you know some decent you know qualifications yeah. um, so that you know what you're doing you know when you're coaching your kids working with kids kids with dif- different um, um, disabilities and stuff like that and you know just being able to know what, what to do with them and yeah. being able to coach um, in different ways as well and what what would you what's your best memory if you remembered one thing most or you or you were to say the one moment that as soon as you as soon as it happened or you thought about it later you thought yeah that was I think I think the France trip was was the one for me because, you know, going over to a country where, you know, I could speak the language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, a lot. And being in, within the community, uh, you know, I had a good relationship with the kids, yeah. especially where we were. Um, being able to, you know, have the, the banter and the talk with the kids. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, when, when we finished and, you know, doing little song dances you know like fun dancing with the kids and the kids were buzzing and laughing and stuff like that and then you know knowing that you know it was time for them to leave like to go home and stuff like that and we had to continue but still even when it was time for them to leave they were still at the top you know shouting your name yeah. and you know you know they were buzzing so it obviously showed that they enjoyed being around around you and, and stuff like that which gives you a good feeling because it shows that you know you're doing the job that you're meant to be doing when you're there. So yeah, it was it was a great trip. Apart from the food, I'd say. Oh the food was great. I, I thought the food was good. At, at the at the place we stayed, the house. I, I mean the, the house case and the whole vegetable thing. I loved that. Yeah. Kidding me on. Well, oh, no. I, I think no. it's more because Don't say the night you cooked the food it was good because <laughs> it just wasn't no, I, I mean I mean in like see the the, the culture. I think the, co- the culture comes, it's a big place. I like the culture. The, no, the I, mean, I mean in terms of like, say like the Scottish, Scottish 
people going over. You yeah. Know, maybe up here, I don't know, maybe you're used to fish and chips or mashed potatoes. And mashed potatoes? Wow. <laughs> <Mashed potatoes. laughs> <laughs> Someone like me, mm. who... Are you living in the 1960s? <laughs> someone like me who's independent, who, you know, you know... Speaks French. Speaks French. <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, buys into every culture. Yeah. I think, you know, going over there and, you know, being able to eat fresh food, um, vegetables... That's the point. It wasn't fresh half the time. We were sitting in a storage cupboard for two weeks. Oh, it was grown up. Like, yeah, it was yeah. grown out from the... It was grown up. Yeah, but leave it kind of over for a, for a whole day. It wasn't grown out of the ground. It was grown off the walls. next morning. Can you remember? There's a difference. If it's grown off the walls, you don't eat it. <laughs> Mushrooms on. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, I enjoy the food. Freshly cooked... Um, uh, rice and uh, different things as well i was paired up with a good cook actually i think everyone enjoyed it so yeah i'll, get, I'll give you a due your night that you cooked was one of the better nights but i thought the nights we were in to lose were more fun yes i agree as well yeah, they were um, more fun. some good fun yeah it was very good actually just being in the night city saturday weekend as well you know you get to enjoy a bit of free time you being in the city I said, South of France. <laughs> um, you could get a job for the tourist board. <laughs> you know, um, the people that you meet as well in the city centre. Um, Who so did you meet in the city centre? No, just like, of course. I remember, no, remember any guy you passed through a PSG track, you might play for a PSG. <laughs> 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 Is he Brazilian? No, 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 the, best, the best one. He knows uh, Neymar, doesn't he? <laughs> the, best, the best one was when we were in that restaurant. That was funny. The waiter. <laughs> But I just knew that he was from Congo. Just the, Why did you, how did you know? Just the way it smells. <laughs> <laughs> just the way the person smells. Sometimes you can tell. I think, like, I've got to be honest, that, 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 that is a unique skill set. I have never like, been out in Italy and been able to smell a Scottish person well, through there. Okay, say for example, if you're... Pushing potato, partly. <laughs> <laughs> I, <mashed> potato. <laughs> I don't know if you maybe if you're in like, yeah. And someone yeah. from Italy is working in the restaurant there. And just Italy, uh, Italians have a lot of antics they like to do. Sure, you'd be able to tell. Them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been nobody smell. But anyway, but well, that's what I felt. different, you know. I've talked about smell here. What about you? Uh, at least kind of memory would, was going to be kind of similar to Kevin. Uh, I went and did the, va- the fan zone at the Gibraltar game yeah. uh, at Hamden. Yeah, that was great. Uh, met like Kevin, all the boys there yeah. for the first time. Yeah, uh, and then kind of just been involved ever since. But even before that, kind of like uh, a playing in the local team uh, in Veniston, and yeah, it was great. And kind of like kind of just being kind of a taking part in the team, and then helping out the coaching, and then being an actual coach in the team, and then just and being a staff member full time. Yes, kind of a, a very kind of big journey so far. Yeah. yeah. That's been great. Yeah. No, it's it's great. I mean, I, I would really struggle to pick one memory over all the years. Yeah, I mean, the amount of if you've been one of the football coaches to start with, impossible. When you used to love a Friday night, you'd love every bit about a Friday night, and the kids would love it. And you'd have 20, 30 kids turn up, and it was a big like it is still. It's a big event having a game at Peter's Hill, having a game at Milton. It's a big thing, and. Uh, just the banter over all the years, all the jokes, all the laughs. I don't, I don't have any real bad memories of 
Friday nights or anything that's happened, everything's always positive. Everyone at the end of the night is always smiling, everyone's laughing, everyone's having having yeah. a joke with each other. There's nothing there's no bad blood. Um and for the work that we do and the, the kids that we're working with, to be able to say that is a is a big thing. Yeah. Um awesome. because you had I remember back to the start when we first started, eight, nine, ten years ago now in fact, sorry. And the games at the start we had a line of coaches up the middle. From one team in, get changed, and one team out onto the pitch, and then the next team would come in and get changed, and then the next team was out on the pitch. How was this? Just because of the issues that existed between if it was Swingburn and Porcel, or if it was Royston and Blackhill, or if it was it was the eight original sites oh, okay. across yeah. the north as part of Operation Reclaim. And game by game, week by week, year by year, it's just reduced and reduced and reduced and reduced. And we joke, but there's an informal transfer policy system for, for kids change teams, and teams that never happened in the past. Um, and the amount of times at the start, and I'm sure everybody remembers a game that they had, and you get handbags, you're always going to get handbags, it's football, it's sport, things happen, but sometimes it, you'd have to step in it and be more serious than that. But the groups of young people you're working with, that sometimes happens. Mm. But the best thing is, looking over the full... 10 years you can see the improvement in behaviour you, you see all the kids in the team that are stepping up um, do they know that if somebody acts out of order the full team suffers and they miss a week because of bad behaviour mm-hmm. and I think that's a massive thing um, and when one team starts to do it another team starts to do it and it continues and it continues and it continues and the number of incidents we have now are almost so, non-existent yeah. uh, and I think that's a great thing looking back over the years. Um, the, the, the residentials are a big thing. For me, For me, my, my favourite thing that we do we can, or on a regular basis are the holiday camps. The holiday camps are my favourite thing. Best part, yeah. And it was something that we didn't do originally um, and we, we had a go at it and it's now became a core part of the work that we do. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine the work that we do without it. Ashes seem to be fine, yeah. And every and you're stressed out, you're you're completely oh, stressed, man. and you're shattered every day. And one day you're like, yes, let's do this, buzzing about this. Uh, but Friday, like, okay, that's right, home and time. You, and you're asleep by half four. Yeah, the first day, <laughs> and you crash, and then you're awake at one o'clock in the morning, and you're back in there early in the morning. Yeah. But you see the progression over all the years of the first camp we did, and we had eighty, a hundred kids turn up, and now we've regularly got 350 kids across mm-hmm. the, the camps mm-hmm. and just been able to know that they've got a hot meal as well the, the addition of a free lunch for yeah. me is a big thing mm-hmm. the free transport um, giving them out the prizes at the end of the camp giving them out the gifts that we get from Nike or from other partners the jackets the, the school uniforms whatever it is it's, and it's a proper community project everyone's involved it's, it's based upon what the kids want as well I think I think like when you look at you know I like to build between ages you know you look at you know from the young ones that come through you know the buzzing the smiling in the morning can't wait to get ready to play and stuff like that you know and they're giving you a high five this and that and then as it goes up you see the kids that come and they appreciate it yeah. they appreciate you know what we put on for them and, mm-hmm. you know being there and you know seeing the coaches and you know having a little ban- banter with the coaches and stuff like that and then you know, being able to play and, you know, you know, express themselves on the pitch because, you know, football gives you the ability to do that. You know, yeah. it gives you the ability, you know, to be active, you know, to um, to have a purpose and a goal, you know, to, to play yeah. and enjoy yourself. And, 
you know, when um, as well, and you know, basically have fun. So you see from each age group, you know, the effect it has on those kids and, and the growth that, in them yeah, as well. Yeah. As well that's how you see, you know, the numbers each year just yeah. continuously kept growing, and you know, that for me, that's, that's that's a great thing. You know, what we're doing and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, I think that actually brings us on to another issue that's down that we can talk about and that follows on quite nicely, and it's the affordability of sport. Um, <laughs> I mean, I and start. both of you know this is something <laughs> I feel very strongly about. Um, but to keep it short, for me, simply, all sports should be free. For the kids that yeah. we work with, it should be sport for all means. Um, you eradicate all the barriers towards participation in sport. There shouldn't be costs associated with yeah. transport, with venue hire, um, some things you can't control like equipment the cost of things but you can reduce it mm -hmm. and you can help it mm -hmm. um, but fundamentally the bigger org when you look for me I look across the whole of Scotland and coming from a background at uni and everything I studied and one of the biggest burdens to this country in relation to expenditure is um, healthcare and the countries we're forever here in the countries getting fatter people are contracting more preventable illnesses, whether it be type 2 diabetes, whether it be cardiovascular disease, whether it be all of these different types of illnesses which are preventable. And the main um, bodies out there continually tell us that more regular exercise, better diet, will massively reduce the cost longer term and that money can be better utilised on other things in yeah. society, whether it be education, whether it be keeping the streets safer, whether it be um, making more money available to do free school meals out with school time for example um, but for me fundamentally sport for all sport should be free for all the participants that we work with in particular the areas that we work in there should be no barriers towards participating in regular and free sport definitely yeah um, and, and you see it from the work that we do if holiday camp wasn't free we get 350 kids a day they would not if we put a, fi a fiver on that a day, the amount of holiday camps you see out there that charge £40, £50, £60, £70 a week. And there are people out there who could afford it, and that's no problem at all. That's clearly something that works for those who have disposable income. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there's so many people out there, hundreds of thousands of people, who do not have the disposable income, who might have two, three or four kids, and they're being asked to pay £40 or £50 a week to go to a holiday camp. You know, like, and then, like, uh, what do you pick between food, or, like, like, football? Yeah. Put, yeah. Put a whole week. Yeah. And it should never be that. Yeah, you know, definitely that, not. That decision of, as a parent, you know, having to decide, you know, my kid being able, my, my kid being able to go and play football, but having to pay. Yeah. Or, plus, you know, sacrifice that and say, no, you know, there needs to be food to put on the table. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that's very big on being active and, being sporty and stuff like that, I, f I feel like, you know, sports, football, you know, whatever it is young kids want to do, yeah. should be done, should be done for free, you should not, you know, you should not be charging kids money to, to go and play football, you know, we want to develop talent, we want to develop, you know, better people, better humans, you know, healthier people, you know, it should be done, you know, for free and, you know, Taking money off kids is, you know, for me that's it's ridiculous. For me, 
mean, exactly what you've said there. People always go on and they talk about making it a level playing field. When it comes to sport, it's never been a level playing field. Yeah. The more money you have, the more opportunity you have because you can get access to better equipment, better coaches, etc., etc., etc. Football for me was always the best example of you look at the number of Scottish, great Scottish footballers over the year that came from absolutely nothing. They grew up kicking a ball against a wall and they went on to become football legends. People like Kenny Douglas to Jimmy Johnston to to Jim Baxter. I'm trying to think of a Rangers player to balance it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you, but you, you think there's people that came from nothing and they, and they could always do that. But over the last 10 years, I see it's getting harder and harder and harder to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's that we're not talking about something that's complex and hard here. If you want more elite level athletes, you need more people participating at the at the lower levels. Mm-hmm. If you cast a wider net, if you're going out to catch fish, if you use a fishing rod, you can only catch one or two fish at a time. Yeah. But if you go out with a net, you can catch more fish. If we have more people participating in community sport, you're going to have more people going to be elite level athletes. It's not it's not complex. This, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And then. I mean, it brings me to another thing that does link to affordability of sports, but it also links to the wider thing of sports. Of, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think a lot of times other sports are pushed on kids that the kids don't necessarily want to do because they want to try to create it so that more people try different sports. But that might then force the kids to stop playing. We know it's Glasgow, it's no secret football's the main thing. And a lot of times other sports have been pushed on kids they don't want to participate in. But do you mean like in schools or like by the parents? What do you mean like just kind of? Not not so much in the schools because schools schools is different. Like you're in you're in school. You I participate mean, in sport. Environment, there, yeah, it's yeah. part of a curriculum. It's a, it's a different experience. Not only does it have to be the correct activity that the community and the kids want, it has to be accessible. I mean, you you think of our gymnastics club, or, or gymnastics activities that we use. That's for me is the perfect example. We never did gymnastics three years ago. Mm-hmm. And we introduced gymnastics because parents were coming to us from Postle Park, from Milton, from Lamb Hill, and saying to us, our kids would love a go at gymnastics, but they can't travel to Bishop Briggs. Yeah, that was the closest gymnastics club. Wow. And then the, the cost of getting there, the cost of the equipment, the cost of the coaching sessions, it mm-hmm. all adds up and adds up and adds yeah. up. So we said, well, let's have a go at this. This is what the community wants. Mm-hmm. So that's what we put on. And now we've got six gymnastic sessions taking place regularly every single week. Yeah. And they're so well attended. I mean, the one in Boston's got 20, 30 kids. The one in Milton's got 30 odd kids. The ones in Bermuda, I mean, they're all very well attended. Mm-hmm. And that for me is what's not done enough of. Kind speak of to the kids, trying, speak to yeah. the parents mm-hmm. and actually put on what they want. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, people go into communities the thinking they know what yeah. the communities want, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not engaged in the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would never... I'd, I don't know Site Hill in Edinburgh. I would never go into Site Hill in Edinburgh without speaking to people first who live in the community before putting on activities. It's the same as if you're travelling to a country on holiday, you're going to investigate it before you go. <laughs> you're not going to just France. turn up. But I mean, I, I think we all agree that sports should be more oh, accessible. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And specifically for community sport knowing the community better and being able to provide the activities that the kids want 
whether it be cricket, basketball, gymnastics, football, whatever it is. Definitely. Like, like for me also, like one thing I really hate is kind of the whole kind of venue hire costs. Yeah. I yeah. I hate that. Like the whole idea that if you want to like have a game of football with your friends, you have to, like pay like forty or fifty odd pounds for like an hour of yeah. football. That's just horrible in my eyes. Um, yeah. But uh, like I guess I guess what we kind of offer is kind of like a a whole kind of like thing for it. It's kind of like like it's free. It's welcoming. You can enjoy it. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Like like the the more kind of free it is or kind of easy to actually get, take part in, the better. So do you think, like, cause I, if you look at prime example, you know, Tory Glenn, for yeah. example, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's prices there, you know, put in place, you know, and people have to book and stuff like that. Yeah. So do you think, you know, one of the reasons they're probably saying that is, you know, a lot of people after work, you know, they'll grab a few mates and go down. That's definitely. I'd, so that's what I mean. So I'd say there's, there's two conditions. I'd say if you're running a football team, uh-huh. if the kids who are participating don't need to pay to participate, the venue's free. Right. But if the kids are paying, they have to then pay for the venue. So for example, all our sessions are free. Nobody pays a penny. Yeah. Therefore, why are we charged just to let kids play football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're turning up to play with your mates at five aside, that's different. That's your turning up. And longer term for me, that should be free as well though. In the long term, that should be free. If the whole idea is to make the country healthier, yeah. happier, more active, reduce higher level athletes, reduce the cost and the burden on the NHS in relation to preventable illness, sport and physical activities the best thing to deal with that. Yeah. And it's not sport isn't unaffordable for everyone. Sport, I mean, in my current situation, sport isn't unaffordable to me. I can go to a gym. I can participate in a gym. I can go and play football. I can pay five pounds to place part of five sides but it's the realisation that that's not the case for everyone it's the realisation that that shouldn't be happening mm-hmm. just because some people can afford to pay doesn't mean that everyone should yeah. and it's the it's the overarching principle but I think it's the more important thing than, yeah. the, than the, the idea of just what happens week in week out but you imagine how many more boys clubs you would have playing football now if venue hire was free Maybe hundreds, hundreds more. Yeah. But then, do you think it's maybe because of, you know, equipment? So obviously, like pitches. So obviously, like relaying and doing this and doing that. Obviously, that, costs that, money. Well, that is a cost. But the the point is, the NHS in Scotland, it's estimated. There's wildly varying estimates, but there's estimates that preventable illnesses as a result of physical inactivity costs the Scottish government between somewhere between. 450 million and up to a billion pounds a year. A year. If that if that's the cost, that's free venue hire access for for years and years and years, and years all across the country. Mm. Um, and that, that's for me, far too many people look at this as let's fix it now, let's fix it in the next five years. You can't fix it. You've got to plan 20, 30, 40, 50 years ahead. And it's a long-term project long-term project and that's the hard thing because people have to sign up knowing now that they won't bring in as much money now but longer term they'll spend less money so longer term you will have more money because you're not spending it on illnesses and you're investing it in nutrition facilities community centers that's where it's been invested but you have to put up the money now to be able to get those benefits 20 30 40 50 years down the line yeah Events politics, isn't it? It's politics. It's po- I mean, for, but 
but listen, we, all we can do is try to do the best that we can, make sure sporting, sporting and physical activities are as free and affordable and accessible to all the kids we work with and try to influence others to do the same. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, but what's oh, the, I was going to ask, what's the highest Scotland's got the lowest life expectancy of the four countries in the UK. I mean, even just this week, Glasgow City or Glasgow City, um, Glasgow and Clyde the NHS have sent a report to Glasgow City Council, to and and the whole Scottish government's involved as well with the idea of making Scotland's life expectancy more level with the rest of the UK and in particular England. We've got the lowest life expectancy. Five years ago, we were the 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 heart attack capital of Europe. We have far too many preventable. You look at the diet. You look at you. You go into any area. This is the question I always ask myself, and we're going wider now than just sport, sport and things. But for me, it does influence. It influences free activities. You think of any street in any of the areas we work in. You think of Saracen Street in Paul, so You think of um, any street, say, if it be Milton, Lamhill, Mary Hill, anywhere else. You're always guaranteed the same five, six shops. You're guaranteed a Bookies, a Chippy, an Indian. A barber's, a, uh, a tanning place, a <laughs> and a pub. Yeah. Right? Where's the fruit stand? Yeah. Where's the place you can get cheap vegetables? Where's the place you can get healthy eating? Where's and that's not to say it's not getting better and attempts aren't being made to, to do this because I think it is happening. However, I think more needs to be done. Um, it's funny because uh, like like at uni, it's selling. Like when you go past kind of the rich area, kind of like. Yeah. The uni, they've got like no bookies at all. Yeah. No chippies or nothing. Like it's all kind of like banks, like a vintage shop and kind of stuff. So it's like if if you ever like an area, have a look at the street. If you see like pub bookies or kind of stuff, then you actually know kind of level. Kind mm. of, yeah. It's, it's mental, man. Honestly. Just just to end with, because I mean we, we spoke about this I think quite a bit, and we've only got five minutes to go. Um, and we're already talking about sport and. This isn't an, an issue I think a lot of people talk about, but why don't we talk about it? Because you guys can comment on it, <laughs> I can comment I've on it, and it's not an issue that people talk about a lot. What do you think about racism in sport? And we're not just meaning in the general sense in, that you see in the sporting world of elite athletes being racially abused, or Scotland, the UK, more locally, in your local area, growing up, whatever it may be, because you, you get... We don't need to talk about it, but you guys will have experiences that I don't have, mm-hmm. and lots of other people don't have, and this is an issue people don't like to talk about, so, let's be honest. Um, I'd say... I think you told me a couple of weeks ago of an example for yeah, you were playing. Yeah, um, you know, I had a game at, like, two hours away from Glasgow. Yeah. Like it's, mm-hmm. right, it's, it's um, near the, like, a... Uh, so far out that countryside yeah. area and um, you know we played up there and like my team is we've got a lot of kind of uh, black minority players yeah. um, it's quite a lot of us so you know we played we played there in the game which was drew nil nil and um, they brought they had a support on the side and you know junior pitches you yeah. know, especially in the, um, in the low, low leagues how tight they are yeah how tight they are to the pitch yeah. so you know, we were, we were defending quite well in that game and I was playing right back myself and I was right next to the supporters 
and every time you know I'd stop my player or you know um, when I foul or something like that, you know the supporters would get frustrated. You know they'll they'll say something very racial. Um, you know, and me personally, it never affected me. Um, and I think once they started to know that, it wasn't affecting me because most of the time, as soon as they said it, you know, I just turn and just smile or laugh. And I think it frustrated them even more <laughs> that then they started taking it out on the referee. Yeah. You know, they stopped the abuse and then started taking it out on the referee. And, you know, it stopped from there. But, you know, for me, laughing or smiling at that, they knew that it didn't affect me. So they stopped it. Whereas, you know, imagine if it was somebody else or, you know, if I was to, you know, get frustrated, you know, or kick the ball at them or, you know, go up to them and first square goal, then they'll, kn they'll know that it's hurt me deep down yeah. and they'll continue saying the wee odd thing here and there and try well, and move away. Like you're saying, it didn't hurt you and it didn't bother you. On some level, it must. Even if no, you're not showing I it so that I they don't react, I it must on some I level. I think for me personally, it's, you know, it's a shame for them. That's how I see it. A shame okay. for them that, you know, until now we're in 2019 and it's you know it's still it's still out there and you know people are still they've still got it in their heads you know to to say little comments and say little things and stuff like that but you know i see it as you know um they see me as you know maybe a threat to them or you know you know and they're trying to use maybe my my skin color to to downgrade me but then again I believe that you know we're all equal, yeah. um, and that you know some will have um, more more desire and more effort than others, but we're all equal at the end of the day. And you know, for them to to abuse or whatever, it's you know, I just it doesn't get to me. You know, I just laugh, and you know, as long as they don't touch me physically, then I'm okay. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really affect me, and you know, I think. Because I seen the reaction of them trying to take it out on the ref, I believe that you know if you know a lot of maybe the other I don't know Muslim or maybe blacks or you know different cultures um, would not let that affect them at all and you know laugh it off or but and I know it's difficult. I totally understand it's difficult and this is where you should never have to laugh it off. I know. I think would be the point. It would be. Yeah, making yeah, they shouldn't have to like even even be in that whole position. Yeah, I know. And but you then again, do you, would you let it? How would you let it affect you? I would. I, I personally think when like I have been through it, like even on the street or just in general, and it, it pisses me off. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'll be pissed off for this for this day or whatever. But yeah, like I kind of like. I don't think you should let someone's sorry. words <laughs> and. You know, yeah, I, like, I, like about, I, I see your point, but like, like on some level, it will hurt, and I, I, I see it as you know, you know, I talk about mental strength a lot. Yeah, you know, and you know, I don't, I don't think words, you know, should hurt you, hurt you, I, or I, ruin your day. Yeah, in, in a way, you I, know? I think that's I think, a, a nice sentiment, and I, I do agree, but we're talking, and I think when you're talking about personally, I think that's great. But see, when you consider the wider sense, you can't say that if someone reacts when they're racially abused, it's because it's their fault because they're not mentally strong enough. They no. shouldn't be getting racially abused to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm possibly. not saying it's their fault at all, mm -hmm. but I do think, like I said, everyone's different. Yeah. Right? 
everyone takes things in different ways. But mm. I do think, you know, I don't think it'll ever end. No, I, I, I agree with you on I, that I one. I do yeah. think it can be reduced, but then that, be, you know, that goes down to, you know, you know, right from the roots, the schools and stuff like yeah. that, being able to, to, you know, to show that, you know, everyone's equal and whatnot. Like, and yeah. We see in general, we put it this way, you guys both moved to this country when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Have you seen things get better as you've got older? Have you, or have you not really seen things change too much? It's been the same. Been the same. It's been the same. Uh, I've been here for the past thirteen years. It's been the same. I think. I, I think it's changed. You know, yeah. Things have got better. I yeah. Think, um, I think Mason used to be a lot, lot worse, but now I think it because of you know the wider range of awareness in terms of show like fo- football or sports, for example. Yeah. Show racism, the red card, and this and that. And whatnot, and people, people speaking up. Do you really think that does much? I mean, because I mean, I always think it's it's a nice. They do it to to show what's happening, to show they agree with it, (laughs) and then it disappears. (laughs) Yeah. But I do think I do think it raises awareness, though. For the day, I agree, but it's after the day. It's the same as I mean. I would bring it back to although we won't go into it today, but sectarianism. It's like they they raise awareness of sectarianism and they say it's unacceptable, and then they they pull the covers back over it two weeks later. When a, another story comes around, mm. I mean, I mean, listening to you guys talk, I, mean, I can't comment on it from that perspective, but I can comment on it from other perspectives mm. that we could talk if it was sectarianism. But for me, I look at Glasgow from ten years ago or fifteen years ago, and Glasgow had a percentage of the population that came from Africa, that came from Asia, that came from all over the world, but it's massively increased in the last ten years. Yeah. And I think it's a great thing. Me, me personally, I mean, you guys know this, but and it, people learn more about different cultures. I mean, we joke about it all the time. I never knew anything about Somalia before I met you. I never knew anything about the Congo before I met you, Chris and Rod, apart from what you see in a book or what you see in, mm. a, in a film or something like this. Yeah. You don't actually, but you, you meet someone from that country, the same as if you meet someone from a different part of the same country yeah. and they've got a different accent. But you very quickly realise they're very similar to you. Yeah. You guys like football. I like football. You guys like working for a charity and doing what you do. So do I. Mm. But we're from diff- originally we're from very different parts of the world. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, um, whether it be in a sporting sense or a general society sense, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm a wee bit like you. I think not enough's done. I don't. Definitely not. I don't. I think, and I don't think enough of these conversations take place. I don't think yeah, people talk about race. Yeah, but like to be fair, it's a very hard topic, Travis. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it's very personal to different people, and like, like it could be like Kevin, it could be like, like it won't bother me, but it can, like me, but it can like, it, it will be annoying for it, like for me, and I'll get like, like, like either upset with them, or upset with myself, or like even kind of general kind of things. So I guess it's a hard chat to have, like. To have either yeah. with a kid, with a teacher, yeah. with your parents, but I think it's like a big topic. Yeah, and you need to like have it anyway. So you might as well just. I mean, I, I, do I, it, yeah. I could be wrong. I mean, because we're at the end, I would almost say it's something we address at a later date and we can talk about separately, um, and we can do that in a later podcast because yeah. it it's not it's not just a one issue yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> where we can sum up in a quick five minute chat and as much as we might have made a, a quick reference to sport we've made more of a reference to general Life, society yeah. mm-hmm. um, 
and you guys have got two very different experiences of it as well and I know we've got other young people that work for us or volunteer for us involved in us again we've got different experiences um, so on that note I would say it's been a laugh <laughs> aye it's been more serious than I thought <laughs> yeah <same. laughs> oh, wow well, it's, well, it's been good it's been good it's been good Charity yeah. and issues and what's, what goes on in society and stuff like that. And yeah. You know, you know, thank you for watching. <laughs> you had to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. That was the second podcast, and we'll be back soon with the thought. Au revoir. Cheers.